This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. It's time to tune in. Produced by the broadcasting students at Durham College. Airing on 105.9 The Region. This is DC Broadcasting. Good afternoon, 105.9 The Region listeners. My name is Cody Smith, and I'm, well, to be quite honest, I wasn't certain exactly what to do in regards to this segment. I thought of talking about the fact that it is WrestleMania weekend, and discussing the fact that I'm not a huge fan of this year's current landscape in the world of wrestling. I thought about talking about the Raptors or the Maple Leafs and going over the fact that they're on their final pushes for playoffs, seeding, and discussing whether or not they're going to do well. I thought about talking about the Blue Jays, going ahead and discussing the fact that they're getting into spring training and how a lot of people are expecting this team to do really well. And for a lot of folks, it is World Series or bust. But none of those topics felt like they would be good enough for this show. None of those topics felt like they would be enough for me to discuss in regards to a proper segment. So, what am I here to talk about then? I'm here to talk about something else that really resonates with me. Something else that I feel a lot of people deserve to be more informed about. Something that a lot of people tend to ignore. I, myself... I'm a disabled person in Ontario, and like many other disabled Ontarians, I currently rely on the Ontario Disability Support Program as my main source of income. Now, the maximum a person on ODSP can receive is $1,169 a month, and that money has to cover everything, whether it be rent, whether it be food, whether it be medications not covered by the Ontario Drug Benefit, and so on and so forth. That money only goes so far, and for many disabled Ontarians, it is not enough to live off of, and and these people are very much struggling, and very much are trying their hardest just to get by. None of them are living steady lives. None of them are living stable. All of them are a paycheck away from going ahead and being homeless. A paycheck away from not knowing where the next meal is coming from. A paycheck away from going ahead and being found with nowhere to go. Nowhere to be a human being. And people wonder why these people are so much relying on food banks, why these people are so much going ahead and posting up on social media about their struggles. These are the reasons why. And then you factor in so many other things that are currently wrong with the state of ODSP, such as the fact that if you 
are a disabled person on the program and happen to be in a relationship with someone for three months. ODSP considers you and that person common law after that short period of time. No other place in the Canada expect, considers you common law after only three months. But ODSP does. And due to those circumstances, ODSP asks you for your partner's income, and that gets factored in in regards to your ODSP check. This means that these disabled Canadians could be losing hundreds of dollars, if not their full entire check, all thanks to what their current partner is earning as income. And it can leave many in a situation where they could be domestically abused, if not emotionally abused. And that is not healthy. Speaking of that, let's talk about the fact that there are no services currently for those suffering from mental health issues on ODSP. The fact that we don't treat mental health here in Canada as an actual thing, it frustrates me to my core because so many people deserve to get the help that they need. And mental health is a very big and very important topic to me. I just want to see better in regards to the Ontario Disability Support Program. And I don't see Doug Ford making any changes in regards to that. He has kept it frozen since 2018 when he went ahead and he slashed Kathleen's wins, proposed 3% increase down to a 1.5% increase. There has been no increases since. And I don't see that changing under Ford if he were to get in office again come this next election. In fact, currently I'm waiting to hear what the other pro what the other provincial parties have to say in their platforms in regards to both Ontario Disability and Ontario Works, because I want to see better for all on social assistance. These aren't people that are lazy. These aren't people that are going ahead and loafing around. These aren't people that are going ahead and living a grandish life off what you consider your tax dollars. These are your fellow Ontarians. These are your fellow people in your region. These are people that are struggling to get by. These are people that are human. These aren't people that should be seen as second class. These are people with disabilities that deserve to be treated and cared for with respect, that deserve to live steady lives, that deserve to be happy. And who knows, maybe having extra income in their pockets, maybe an actual raise to ODSP, to a proper livable income, is just what they need in order to get on their feet and actually find work. Maybe that extra bit of income will help them go ahead and be able to attend post-secondary, much like myself. I'd like to thank you for going ahead and listening to what I've had to say today on 105 Dine the Region. I hope you understand why I've chosen to spoke about this topic today. I thank you for your time. Thank you.
You're listening to shows produced by the broadcasting students at Durham College here on 105.9 The Region. This is DC Broadcasting. I'm Irish Kumar and you're listening to my show, Tech Tips and Tutorials. Changing geek speak to street speak. Your daily dose of tech, gaming and much more. Today I'm going to be talking about Valve's new portable PC gaming console, the Steam Deck. I still cannot believe that they made PC gaming portable, but they did. And you will be able to hold a computer in your hands that is capable of playing games released this year and games that were made for mice and keyboard and dedicated graphics card. And I can play them because this has a gyroscopic aiming system and also has a touchpad and all of them are customizable. I can play it smoothly because of the most powerful integrated graphics card in a handheld yet which you can gloriously overlay to help you fine-tune not only the performance but the battery life of the deck in real time, showing you how quickly you're draining the system and letting you change settings to gobble down less juice. My favorite part though is that we can pause any games at any moment, right in the middle of a huge fight where in my case as a student I can finally complete games on bite-sized sessions at a time. Like I did with my Nintendo Switch. I can plug in a mountain of peripherals, fire up a web browser, even do my assignments from here. After firing up GameCube games on this thing via Dolphin Emulator, I'm convinced that it's going to be an incredible retro portable too. Oh, did I forget to mention that Steam Deck can be unfinished, infuriating, unpredictable buggy mess? Some games like Cyberpunk will be working one day, not working the next. Error messages, I've seen so many error messages and a handful of black screens require reboot. Speaking of reboots, games magically disappear from the SD card until you reboot the system. Fairly often, transferring games to SD card can be slow and you're logged out of while you do. You might see your Steam library go missing on some days. The hardware is fantastic, the screen is good, the $650 version with the anti-glare display which works but also soaks up fingerprint oil. The speakers are excellent, loud and clear without being shrill. And the controls almost all feel like they are in the exact right places. The 1.47 pound heft is distributed nicely across the hands. I even appreciate the top mount USB-C port because I always found the Nintendo Switch bottom mounted one getting in the way. And while some have complained about Valve's choice of Wi-Fi 5 chip instead of Wi-Fi 6, some people even saw 580 megabit per second download speeds from gigabit Wi-Fi fiber over a powerful Wi-Fi router. It'd be nice if the screen had smaller bezels and the Steam quick settings buttons actually clicked in. But the only thing I wish Valve would change hardware-wise are the battery and the seriously noisy fan. It takes about 45 minutes to charge it from empty and 15 of those minutes were just from getting 96 to a full. And it doesn't charge any faster if you've gotten a more powerful adapter. And the bundle 45 watt charger was powerful enough to charge and play at the same time. 
You should know there's a big beefy system that's not gonna fit in pockets or even a mid-sized purse. Like that original Game Boy, I wound up carrying it in its own custom tote bag. Now for a padded backpack might work. Well, Steam Deck runs SteamOS out of the box, it allows for a simplified, almost console-style experience that easily navigates with the handheld controllers. Despite Valve's efforts, not every game runs smoothly on the deck yet. Some games designed for Windows don't yet play well with Steam's compatibility layer for Linux. Additionally, SteamOS also doesn't support non-Steam games like those from Epic Games Store, but the Steam Deck is a PC, which means that there's nothing stopping you from installing alternative operating systems. If you want to run your if you want to run your Steam games and also play those from other stores, Windows may be your best option. Additionally, installing Windows means that you won't have any Proton capability issues for Windows native games. Those games should just be as compatible as they are on the best gaming PCs. Additionally, using Windows means that you are subscribed to Xbox Game Pass. You'll be able to play games that services on the Steam Deck. There are trade-offs, however. Oh, the OS will be harder to navigate without a keyboard and a mouse and features like suspending games are built into SteamOS and won't be able to work on Windows. I am buying Steam Deck because I like tweaking PCs and I'm never too far from a charger or a beefy battery pack. But if you were hoping for an experience where everything just works, you might want to wait for the next one. Well says it's looking at this as a multi-generational product, which is a fancy way of saying that unless it flops, a Steam Deck 2 is in the cards. Even today, though as half-baked as it might be, I already feel a lot of that original Game Boy magic. My name is Irish. Thank you for listening to this special episode of Tech Tips and Tutorials. for tuning in the last few weeks you've been listening to shows created by the broadcasting students at durham college this is 105.9 the region do you have an idea or a podcast to share send it to us here at discovery the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 the region This is Mental Health Moments, the podcast dedicated to breaking down barriers and sharing your stories. Brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Hey there and welcome to another episode of Mental Health Moments hosted by yours truly, Film Cabe, and brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Before we get into today's show, did you know that Discovery and moreover Mental Health Moments is on all major podcast platforms? It's true. If you listen on Audible, you can get it there. If you listen on Amazon, Google, Apple, Audible, which I know I already said, but I really want to emphasize that this is on all major platforms. So whatever platform you use, you can find this show. Check it out. According to Statistics Canada, the divorce rate in Canada in 2020 was the lowest it had been since 1973. Certainly uplifting to think about until you read the bullet point on the StatsCan website that says, and I quote, barriers to accessing court services during COVID-19 pandemic likely contributed to the decrease in divorce applications and granted divorces in 2020. 
Divorces and separations are a fact of life, and it's a fact that can be both financially and emotionally crippling. So joining me today to talk about how to get through the storm that is divorce is my friend and yours, the fierce and fabulous host of What She Said right here on 105.9 The Region, Candace Sampson. Candace, thank you for joining me today. So I'm going to take you everywhere with me. That was the best introduction ever. I'm, I'm happy to have you here. And I wanted to start with a bit of an icebreaker that popped into my head as I was preparing the show. Is this odd for you to be on the other side of an interview? Oh, it is so weird. But oddly enough, I've done a few of these interviews recently just because of my circumstance with divorce and what has happened to me personally. But yeah, it is weird to be on the other side of things. On your show, you speak pretty candidly about the fact that you were a divorcee. And although I truly believe that the the circumstances and the drama that goes behind it could be made into a made-for-TV movie, but we're not here to talk about the drama. We're here to talk about how you got through the drama and everything that went with divorce. So how did you do it? How do you keep smiling after it all hit the fan? You know, I think about that a lot because, you know, we had a pre-discussion before we we did this interview and I was starting to think, well, why am I, why am I the way I am? I think I've just always had sort of a sense of humor about things. Um, it's the whole analogy, if you don't laugh, you cry. So I always try to find the funny in situations. Now, there was a lot about my story that was absolutely not funny. Um, but the other side of that is um, I, w- I just, I think I've just over my life become really good at finding the things that ground me. So and and always open to new experiences. So, for example, meditation was something I really didn't do prior to this all happening, but it became clear pretty early on in the divorce process that this was going to be um, highly contentious. It was going to be a struggle, and I needed to find a way to keep myself grounded, not just for me. My children really needed to see me coping uh, well. Uh, I was setting an example for them. So meditation really became something that I just absolutely leaned into, and I love it. When I really need it, it's brilliant. Um, So meditation is huge for me. Okay, and there was a wise woman that once said in regards to mental health, when you are at your lowest lows, when you feel you're absolutely worst, simply look at the ground in front of you. And that's as far as you need to look. Does that statement hold true when it comes to divorce? Or do you feel that when it comes to this particular circumstances and and all that comes with divorce that you almost have to be looking forward? Yeah, I love that you brought that up. And thank you. Um, Because I do use that a lot with my children, with friends. I always just say, put one foot in front of the other. Look at the ground in front of you. Don't look too far ahead up the road. Just get done what you need to get done. And what's incredible about doing that in moments where it's very stressful is that one day you'll have the strength and you'll look up and you'll turn back and you'll look and you'll see how far you came and you will be absolutely amazed that you came as far as you did. You know, it's just really like when you just can't stand it anymore, just, um, you know, maybe it's a Dale Carnegie course that took years and years and years ago that I've adapted this from, but it's that whole thing of living in day tight compartments. And if something's really stressful, just compartmentalize it. Put it tuck it aside for now and focus on what you can affect, what you can change. I definitely prefer the way you worded it compared to the advice my dad gave me years ago of any stressful situation is like eating an elephant in the sense that you take it one bite at a time until eventually the elephant is gone, which is super disgusting. <laughs> but it's actually, it does segue a little bit because I heard that after my parents had been separated and this happened while I was in high school, 
Uh, if I'm being completely honest, they never really made me feel unloved. If anything, I bonded with my dad more than ever, which leads me to wonder, do you find that you have to put on a face for your daughters and kind of protect them from the nitty gritty of what's happening? Or do you take an honest approach and just kind of sit them down and be like, hey, this is what's happening. It, it might suck. It may lead to more drama and so on and so forth. But you girls deserve to know what, what's your approach in that situation? My girls were older when the divorce, you know, they were 13 and 15 uh, when we initially separated. They are now 17 and 19. And, and unbelievably, we are, I am still going through this, which means by extension, they are still going through this. They don't cope with things the same way I do. There were definitely times where I was quite low that they saw me quite low. Although that bothered me a little bit, I think it doesn't hurt for your children to know that you struggle as long as you can pick yourself up again. I was okay with them seeing me in those low moments uh, as I saw them in theirs. Uh, but you know, it's also on me to show them how to pull yourself out of those moments. And I have to say, I see them pulling on the same um, tools that I use now. And I love that. I love seeing them you know, being able to turn a situation around much more quickly than they were previously able to um, because they're modeling how I've done things. I like that, too, because as you were explaining that, it, it almost feels uh, like I don't want to generalize it, but it does sound like, you know, kind of lead by example that it's OK to be vulnerable to the people around you and the people that you love. And, and, but also, you know, show the strength to dust yourself off and, and keep trucking forward, even as things are hitting the fan, as it isn't going so great for you. Right. Right. Like, I mean, I think the thing that I said to myself a lot was, you know, what what are my choices here, right? Uh, do I give up? Um, and what does that look like if I give up? I didn't have a lot of choices, to be honest, through this through this process. A lot of the autonomy I would have had over my life previously was removed from me by the courts and by an uncooperative uh, ex-partner. Um, so choices that I, you know, sometimes I was almost a prisoner in my own life in terms of what kinds of decisions I could make. That's really frustrating. But I just mostly just thought, well, I'm going to, you know, I could give up, but that's, that's just going to make this so much worse. And so I just persevered and just trusted in the fact that it would be over someday. Someday it would be over. And it's, it's I'm not even going to lie to you, it's still not over. <laughs> I'm like 24 days out from having a finalized divorce. So it'll be almost four years from the, the date I left until the, you know, actually separate divorce they should say but i think it's just trusting that it will it will pass and i know it's trite and and we use these these things a lot you know these little sayings and expressions this too shall pass and all of that but but it's true there's truth in those sayings and you have to believe in it as you said your your divorce process isn't really finalized but Looking back compared to the the years that have passed, obviously there's a lot of negative emotions that swirl around in one's head. You know, can I afford this? Will I find love again? Were they right about me? And on and on and on. But where I'm going with this is since your divorce happened, what's some of the good things that you, you've noticed that you've experienced? And, you know, did they help kind of prop you up in those moments you were feeling low? Yeah, you know, I, I actually um, wrote about this in the first sort of that first 90 days post-separation. And um, it's on my blog, lifeandpleasantville.com. It's like this post I wrote, and it's just about 
things to do because, you know, I would search like, what do I do to feel better? Well, the reality is you're just not. I mean, you can't expect to walk away from a marriage if whether you walk away or the other person walks away or it's mutual. It's still a major life shift. And so you are going to feel beat up and raw and hurt. And it's just going to, you just have to accept that. So that's the first thing. And I would say is get therapy before you see a lawyer, before you do anything else, go find a therapist. I really think that it's worth your weight in gold because it will give you perspective. It will help you get your emotions in check so that you can deal properly. And then I did things like, you know, I created a playlist, a divorce playlist on Spotify. It sounds funny, but it was just all songs that fired me up and kept me going. I didn't want melancholy and I didn't want sad. I wanted angry and empowering music. So I built this playlist and I played that on repeat. I still, I still add to it, <laughs> but I played it on repeat and it really helped reading books, talking to friends, talking to other women who have been through this process. That is crucial. Find women in the trenches or who have been through the trenches because they are your best allies in this because they will understand the best. So there's all kinds of things you can do in those initial days. And it's not the typical stuff you might hear, you know, it's really just whatever can give you comfort. You know, if it's for you taking a long bath every day, then do it. But find what brings you just small joys in the first little while. And don't get too far ahead of yourself. Just stay because you really do have to heal. And it takes about three months to really just come out of the shock of it all. Whether you were the initiator or not, there is shock involved in it. Oh, absolutely. Obviously, I can't speak from experience, but I I, I can certainly sympathize. Now, I, I'm not really a religious person in any sense, but I, I wholeheartedly believe with every inch of my being that no one is going to be handed something that we can't overcome. And I suspect that there's a person out there that feels like divorce will be the death of them. You've dealt with a broken yeah. legal system, an ex with a vendetta, pretty much every bump in the road that divorce can offer is it an oversimplification that it sucks until it doesn't, or do individuals have to work at making it not suck? Yeah, I think that you have to you have to um, have a clear goal in mind, and this has been brought to my attention a few times uh, recently. Is I've had quite a few people say to me, most people would have given up. Most people would have packed it in and said, you know what, forget it. It's not worth it. Keep it all. And I never ever did that. I just said, no, that's not right. I have daughters. I have a legacy that I need, I want to have for them when I'm gone. And I just really had a very clear sense in my mind of what was right and what was proper. And it didn't matter to me how much he tried to crush me under the weight of what can only be defined as financial abuse. I just wouldn't allow it. I, and so I just stuck with, with what my end goal, which was to get through this intact for my daughters. Now, it didn't turn out the way I wanted. I didn't want, you know, um, the house, for example. That was never my goal. I just wanted my equalization payment so I could move on. I've ended up with the house, so now I've had to adjust my plans. And so you do have to allow for those things because what you think may happen may not, but I would say at least have an end goal in mind and don't let somebody else crush you. Um, you know, that's that's that would have been the worst possible scenario. I never would have forgiven myself if I'd walked away. I, I never, I, I don't think I could look myself in the mirror if I'd walked away. 
and for what it's worth from the outside looking in, I think that that mentality, that that spirit, that strength that you show is something that obviously should have a positive impact on your daughters, but also the people around you and be like, no, you know what? This isn't going to break me. This isn't going to stop me from doing what I want to do. But uh, we're running out of time here. So I've, I've got one last question for you, and it's a, a bit twofold. First, if people okay. want to know more about you and your show, What She Said, which airs right here, where can they go? At whatshesaidtalk.com, and then they can find, you know, all the social media channels are there. And then obviously I have my flip side, which is like my personal side of things, which is life in Pleasantville. And you can find, again, if you go to the website, you can find all my social channels there. So I am a, I am a pretty much an open book. Um, I always try to share from a place of healing. Uh, and from educating rather than anger. I want what I share to positively impact somebody else and not give them the wrong idea. <laughs> That's important. I don't want to give somebody bad advice. It makes perfect sense. And the last, last question for you, if there's someone out there that's struggling with their divorce, whatever stage of divorce they're in, they're struggling right now, what would you like them to know? This will pass. Stay the course. Don't, don't be intimidated. Don't be bullied. You know, Find, find the community you need. Reach out to people, friends uh, who can help, and friends primarily, because I find that, unfortunately, the institutions are broken. Um, so, but find your community in women's groups or friends or, you know, friends of friends. Ask around and do not be embarrassed to ask for help. Just do not be embarrassed. Lose the shame of that because there should be no shame to asking for help. Well, I couldn't have said it any better myself, but that's why I bring guests like you on. Candace Sampson of What She Said, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Phil. This was a pleasure. If you or someone you love is struggling with mental health concerns, contact a local agency near you. This has been Mental Health Moments, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.